Welcome to The Real 7 Show. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, unfiltered, and uncensored. Today, I sit down and speak with Dr. Kat Krembluski. She's a naturopathic doctor and an advocate for health and medical empowerment through education and conversation. We go from everything from spirituality to how to keep your body in tip-top shape. So if this is something that you'd like to listen to, then buckle up, because here we go. My name's Kat, and I am a, well, primarily I am a mom of three. I have a seven-year-old daughter, a four-year-old son, and a 14-month-old daughter, and I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm from Nova Scotia, and I moved here to go to school and then never went home. My family's super happy with that. And uh, I have, I see patients, my husband opened a school in uh, 2020, actually, to provide a different education for our daughter, Um, especially when everything closed down, we wanted to make sure that she was in a, an environment of safety and happiness and let children be children and health centered. And then it's he grew that into a physical school. So we're juggling a few balls, but we feel like we've um, we feel like we really hit our stride in terms of creating the life that we want and being the inventors of the things we cannot find currently. And that's that's me. I'm in Toronto currently. It's the best city in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Something so like wh- that. what was it then that made you want to start your journey as a naturopath in the first place? So my mom owned a health food store in Nova Scotia for, it was, I think it was close to 50 years when she closed it, um, mm-hmm. it was last year. And so I just grew up in a house where my mom was my doctor. I didn't, I didn't step inside. I don't remember ever being in a doctor's office. Um, and so we just grew up really honoring food, nature, uh, supplementing with things, not pharmaceuticals, not prescriptions. Um, we were really healthy, very conscious of the world around us. And um, and so when I grew up, I very much deviated from that. I spent a good chunk of time in university just, you know, screaming in the face of everything that my parents had tried to teach me. And I got really sick. Like by second year, the end of second year, I was very unhealthy. I had picked up like pneumonia and impetigo and I was really unhappy and realized that, wow, there's a lot of validity to what my parents had introduced. And so I came back to that. By the time I graduated my undergrad, I decided that um, naturopathic medicine was where I wanted to, where I wanted to go. It was really hard because I didn't have a background in science. So it was a lot of, a lot of, um, intense learning to get me there to get me you know my my whole mindset geared into the sciences but um it was and and throughout the course of my education naturopathically I failed a lot I wasn't like Mm. it was uh, it was an uphill battle so I was continually tested do you want this are you sure you want to do this um and so by the end of it 
I sometimes I say I'm the most um, empathetic and well-adjusted naturopath because I have, I, there were so many times I stumbled and that's just life. So I feel like I've got a good create. I came into my practice with a good understanding of the human experience more or less. Mm. Did you notice that there was any like backlash from the community with the kind of way that you guys decided to treat, whether it be illness or just the approach on health in general? Because, you know, everybody is highly indoctrinated into believing that somebody with a white coat is the one that is supposed to be guiding them to their, you know, I guess, elite level of health. But they, they nobody ever seems to reach it following their guidelines. And what I do see is there's a lot of people that uh, you know, do follow the naturopathic life and and a more holistic approach to to wellness. And then what we see is people just kind of, I know it's people just upset that you're not doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So did you ever get any of that? Was your family subjected to that? Oh yeah. I mean, now it's like, it's, it feels like it's mainstay, but, but when my parents were doing it, it was weird. And we lived in a very conservative town of like 12,000 and they were seen as being kooky, you know, the weirdos and the granola crunchy family um I would get teased about my snacks like I didn't bring any of the generic shit because my mom didn't want us to eat that none of that processed stuff so I would come to school with like blue corn chips and uh you know veggies and hummus and things like that and my friends would make fun and so I learned to adapt by uh by becoming a little bit conniving and devious and I wanted those I wanted everything I saw you know Mm -hmm. it's all marketed towards children so what's this like colorful shit that tastes like you know so it, it, I wanted to fit in, but at the same time, um, my parents always treated me at home, like I said. So I got a couple of infections. It was always echinacea, vitamin C, vitamin A. Um, and I don't remember, I, my, my, my outside family, my, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles would chirp my parents, I think. My parents chose not to vaccinate us when we were younger. That was also Good. something that was weird. And so my mom would, you know, we'd opt, she'd opt us out of the vaccine booster program at school, but she wouldn't just opt us out of it. She would write like a five page letter (laughs) and she has like ginormous handwriting. So she'd write this huge letter of why it was not only inappropriate to be doing these programs in school, but that they did not know the long-term effects. And, uh, and this is like before Google, you know, this is, my mom is purely, a lot of this is coming from a place of intuition she did her master's in uh, psychology and nutrition. So she was def- she definitely had a hand in, in some of the behind the scenes laboratory work. And mm. I'm not sure if she saw something there. I've never really asked her, but intuitively she felt it wasn't right. Um, and I know she did get some backlash for that. Um, but now, like, and now my hometown is like, <laughs> it's the complete opposite um, of, of conservative now, uh, whatever that means narrow-minded now they're so open-minded it's like uh you could drive a freight train through the front door of the town hall um so it's it's interesting and it's funny how there's cycles that that occur through society but um the perseverance and the the steadfast dedication to our lifestyle that my parents had when we were growing up is like is pretty admirable to be honest yeah. Um, that definitely inspired me. And that has inspired me in in making the decisions that we've made for our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now it's it's you're a m- lot more likely to find support for your decisions similar to the ones my parents made nowadays, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people have have veered to to the more holistic path nowadays. And uh what I thought was actually really, really good, and this is gonna kind of take a turn down the vaccination road. And I don't want to stick on the COVID vax too long because I know that that's a topic of discussion and 
there's a whole lot more research and shit that needs to be done with these things before we could start making really conclusive, you know, diagnosis. Um, but what I thought was really interesting today actually was I, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast simply because I knew that uh, um, JFK Jr., I believe his name is. Yeah, uh, he, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on there RFK. and he was, you know, RFK and he was talking about, uh, you know, all of the vaccination studies and, and how they just, they really don't fucking know, like even with all the childhood vaccinations, right? Like when it comes to childhood vaccinations, man, I'm guilty of uh, giving my daughter the first couple and my son the first couple as well. Um, and this was what, so my son will be six. So probably about six years ago now, uh, never gave him any more after that. And, and then I kind of. I'm one of those people that believes that we have to be in some sort of a simulation and your role that is in the simulation and then your decisions kind of play to whatever the end game is and everything yeah. kind of happens for a reason. Yeah, I agree. So I remember in the seventh grade, we were supposed to get our hepatitis. I believe it was a hepatitis C shots. And I remember running away from there, running into the gym and I, it was my turn to go up. I said, fuck this, turned around, went into the, the, uh, the gym locker room, locked the door and they had the janitor come with the key. Every time he unlocked it, I'd lock it again. He unlocked it. I'd lock it again. And I said, I'm not, fucking leaving here until you get my parents so they have my parents come get me from the school and i was like look i'm not taking this fucking thing wow. and from then on i never got a single fucking needle so whenever my last was before that when i was a child probably you know seven eight nine i've never gotten one since i've always wow. had a super strong immune system and then it's weird that i just innately found that um you know my 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 fight kind of went to where we are now it just felt wrong to be forcing these on them and it's weird because it actually stems from a childhood traumatic experience that i felt regarding needles and the reason that i've always lived a much more holistic life is just because i don't fucking like the doctor that's all it was so my my search was actually just for a doctor that would give me a much more holistic answer like oh you're feeling like this cool i want you to take a little more fish oil right and that's how my doctor is now but she's still very much so like oh salt is bad butter's bad sodium's terrible fucking hdl and ldl are the same thing and it's like oh my fuck all right like we disagree on a lot but at least she'll take a much more holistic approach but when when it comes to vaccination like she's still one that'll call me and be like hey you need a you need a tetanus shot and a, and a booster and it's like i'm not fucking getting these things man and then when it comes to the children now what we're seeing is vaccine uptake is at an all-time low mm -hmm. for all childhood vaccinations we're not even talking about the covid vax you could scratch that we're talking about just them pricking kids in general. I think that the the natural distrust that has kind of started to really flare up in society has now become a thing that I've never been so proud of because now their their way of dulling you down and really, you know, um hurting the 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 child, which is going to, you know, lead to a lot of shit down the road, which is exactly what we've seen. Autism rates are through the roof. Uh now all of a sudden every kid has 85 allergies. Like you can't even walk mm -hmm. by them with a peanut or else they just flare <laughs> up and right. It's insane how sick yeah. kids are. Yeah. So even it, it's weird that your mom did that all off of intuition because what I'm noticing is the the people that are doing this now largely run off of intuition. I'm a guy that reads a lot of science, but 90% of what I do is just, I feel it's either wrong or I feel that I need to start. It'll be really weird. I'll be listening to something on the radio. I'll hear a little, like two words that really intrigue me out of a whole discussion. And now I'm down this fucking rabbit hole of researching, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of how it is. So how do you think your mom like, what, did she have like a, a grandmother who who led her down that path or was it her own? How where did she get this intuition? Because obviously it kind of, you know, led you down the path that you're on. So where the fuck did she acquire that? 
I don't know. I mean, it's probably similar to where yours came from when you were 15 and locked yourself in the, in the bathroom and said, no way. Like it's, there's something, I mean, when you, when you actually take a step, she, I think she, when she had started getting into holistic healing, there must've been something within that, that talks, I mean, the healing power of nature. And even if you start to, to explore that at all, you start to then question and walk back everything that we've been taught. And so there must've been something along those lines that made her think, why would we, would I, this perfect child who's born with a perfect immune system, you know, it's obviously it's immature and needs to learn, but the act of, of, of thinking that they're lacking something and they're in need of something that they're not born with, which is something I've gone through with every subsequent pregnancy and delivery and, and birth and things is when you take a step back and you think nature doesn't fuck up. So Ever. if we have, if, if that is true, then us intervening and playing God really is probably where why we're in the place that we are. And, you know, I think like we, the, the whole, the, the distress that's been created over the last little while and this lower vaccination, like childhood vaccination rate, I think it's because it did shine a huge spotlight on an area of the healthcare system. You want to call it that, right? Is, it was very covert. Like it was very much like it was status quo. It kind right. of flew under the radar of our consciousness of like, well, child check, this is what happens. And then all of a sudden vaccine became like this hot button word. And so then, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I get in discussions with people and they're like, how do how do the, how does the general population not see this? And like, because it's not, it's not provided to them on a silver platter. Mm. It's not fed to them as truth. And so if you don't go looking for it or you don't go looking at outside information or if you're not the type of person that, you know, sees something that sparks your your interest or intuitively peaks something for you and then you go do your own research, but not a lot of people do that, then you're just going to be, you're going to continue to do what you're told. And I think with this whole uh, discussion of vaccination, it did start to, to um, perhaps lead people, parents specifically to think, yeah, maybe I don't really want to trial this on my kid. Yeah. Right. Like we don't know. That's my, that's my hope. And I think, you know, um, a lot of times it comes from a place of not knowing, as we said, and doctors don't get a ton of education on vaccination. So they're essentially for the most part, they're taught about the drug by their pharma rep. And I once tested my, my GP, which I'm sure she loved, but I was pregnant with my first daughter and I went in for an appointment and my GP said, um, uh, you know, you should get your flu shot. I mean, she didn't, she knew I'd never been vaccinated. So she obviously didn't look at my chart (laughs) something. I don't know. She was going through a checklist. Well, you should really get a, a, a flu shot. And I said, now, is that safe during pregnancy? And she said, oh yeah very safe, very safe. And I'm, I said, uh, do you mind if we pull out the insert and we take a look just through, you know, the, the information there, some of the data just to, to make sure. So she pulls it out. She goes into her little room, comes back with this piece of paper, pull it out. And I already knew this. I'm like setting her up. I'm being, I'm being a shit, but like, I'm doing it to prove a point. So she pulls out this thing and she goes through the information and she said, she goes, huh? Because what it says is it has not been tested uh, for safety in pregnant women. Mm. 
And she, she literally goes, huh? Well, none of my pregnant patients have had a, an, any issue. I'm like, wow. that you know of, <laughs> you know? And so I, I, I mean, I think I'm a, a thorn in her side whenever I, I visit because I mm-hmm. don't check any of her boxes. I, you know, her due diligence is like out the window, according to her. Um, but it's really, it's, it comes from a place of not knowing. And sometimes I think we over demonize. Well, first of all, we give them too much credit. We give them too much power in society. We give them too much credit, myself included, like as a naturopath, like there's nothing, there's nothing superior about me versus anybody else. It's just, this is what I've spent some time looking at, but my views and my opinions are mine and they're biased. <laughs> like you're just inherently biased as a human. Yeah, yeah. So doctors have are biased because of their education, because of their family background, because of their personal human experience. And so unless they take a concerted personal effort to educate themselves in a different way, that's just going to continue. And so we yeah. can't keep looking to them to be like the be all and know all because they're not going to say, I don't know. And they're, and we've, if over the last three years, we realized they're also not going to tell you their honest opinion. That's where the biggest distrust has happened. If you can't trust your healthcare practitioner to say, in my professional opinion, not what public health has told me to say is right. You know, like if I, you, you know, me in a very vulnerable way and you can't tell me straight up, I don't really think this is the best thing for you, or I don't even know if this is the best thing for you then we're out like there's that relationship is crushed and i think that's that's another reason why we are where we are to bring it back to the decreased rates of childhood vaccination Mm. do you was was your mother one to ever go to a doctor at all for checkups or anything no no and what was her lifespan and life like uh she's 72 and she's she's healthy she's got some like things here and there, but it was funny because I don't think she'd care if I shared this, but she, so there was like a thing and she brought it up to me like a health thing. And I said, well, why don't you go and get it checked out? And she's like, no. And I said, why not? And she's like, well, I wouldn't do anything about it. I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, it's not like I would take, I would do like if it was cancer, worst case, she's like, I wouldn't do chemo. I wouldn't do radiation. So I'd rather just not know. Mm. Yeah. And I've some in on one level, she's always kind of been that way. She's never gotten paps. She's never done mammograms. She's never done like she did a bone density test only because she fell like broke her back. <laughs> so we wanted to get like a baseline. Sure. Um, but she's very she doesn't she doesn't feed into any of like because all by the way, all of those things, all of the this the screening tests that your GP recommends to you. Mm-hmm. Um they are all, they qualify them for, for annual bonuses. So if they hit a certain percentage of their patient base, getting a mammogram, getting a pap, getting a bone, I don't know if bone density is on there. Um, they get a bonus. So I think it's like 80% and up of their patient base and the same with, with routine vaccines. So, I mean, there's conflict of interest exists within every profession, but that's a big that's that's a you know again that yeah. that very intimate relationship conflict of interest should be out the door so mom has she i that um attitude has some in the past has sometimes frustrated me of like burying your head in the sand however there's some validity to it because 
if there is something, and I don't like to call it wrong with your body, if your body is communicating to you something that is not optimal, feels like pain, Mm -hmm. feels discomfort, uncomfortable, you will treat it as such, as opposed to naming it. Right. And then you, you become identified with the name Mm. and then you go down the funnel of healthcare that further feeds into complete destruction. So it's, so I really admire that about her and she's just, she's, she's very conscious about what she eats. She spends a ton of time outside. um, And she's a person who very much lives in the moment, which I think will is probably the most important component of her health. In terms of her, like just her mindset. So, yeah. Man, there's there's so much there. Um, I guess I'll start with kind of just picking apart a few things because I think all those lead into much bigger discussions. And one being, I think that there is a place for things like you know uh, trauma centers, for instance, like the people yeah. that just want the entire system to fall. I'm like, well, there's so much good, right? Like when you need a surgery, it's great. You break an arm, it's great. You break a leg, it's great. You have a heart yeah. attack, it's great. Like, yeah, it's not all I'm bad, not right? Help you. <laughs> right. I'm not gonna help you. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I, like what? Have, I, like, have you ever seen that Monty Python skit where they're like they completely tear apart homeopathy? I think I've only seen the Holy Grail. I think oh that's the God. only one I've ever you seen. You should Google it. It's hilarious. A guy comes in with like a broken leg and they're like, they're like <laughs> stat, get 30 CH, evaconite. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Oh, anyways. Now, yeah, now, like, of course, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, of course. And I think that that's, that's where this, this is where I have a hard time with everything that's going on because there's, all right, I think I need to start this conversation kind of in a circular manner. Now, I started this 18 years ago when the internet wasn't really huge. Now, I'm only 34, but I was like 15-ish when I was looking into this shit. And it was from sheer like, you guys buy this? Like, dad, look at you. You go to work every single day. You bust your ass. You come home with this fucking paycheck. You look at the paycheck. They rob you blind. And then you need to take more of that money that you've already been taxed on. And then everything you purchase is taxed on. Then the property that you paid for <laughs> is taxed. And and I'm like, why do you give them yeah. all this? Money? They're not working with you. Right. And that's where my curiosity kind of started. And then I started looking at, okay, well, it actually started like this. I looked at who my dad was, what he was doing, look who my mom was, what she was doing. And then I started just looking at their boss, what their boss's role was, their boss's boss, their boss's boss, the union boss, the union rep, and then where that went to the top. And then I literally went through this whole thing over the course of a year to find out who the government was, what they do. And then I was like, now who tells you motherfuckers what to do? Right. And that's kind of where the 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 mindset started of like you know really wanting to look into things so when i see people really curious about something i I get it like i've looked into it but we need to stop just demonizing the whole thing like baby and bathwater does not need to get thrown out like what i think is that there needs to be like an 80 20 if we could have an 80 percent holistic approach a 20 percent approach for the things that holistic cannot do because technology is still fucking amazing yeah, right? yeah. regardless whether people want to think about it or not because it's if the whole system fell i'm like okay how many of you guys are on disability right put, put your fucking hands up most of you <laughs> how many of you pay into ei fucking most of you right the system falls your job's gone you need the system right yeah. let's stop acting like it's terrible it's the corruption in the system so 
I'm the same, right? To to an extent, like I I think that the doctor is largely bullshit, and I also think, and this is a personal opinion that gets me into a lot of trouble with a lot of naturopaths and 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 you know doctors alike, is when I say, yeah, blood work is bullshit too, and they're like, how dare you? And I'm like, that's a snapshot in time. I could go take a fucking yeah, cup of coffee yeah. right now and can change my complete yeah. blood chart yeah. right now with For a sure. single cup of coffee. I could lose two hours of sleep, change the whole thing, eat yeah. a little bit of sugar, change the whole thing. What the fuck are you measuring? So now <laughs> if I had had a bad night of sleep that night and then, you know, I wake up in the morning, like most people, right? You wake up in the morning, rush around with your kids, get to the doctor, get your blood work done, leave, get your results. And you're like, I'm dying, right? <laughs> you're low yeah. in all this. I'm like, well, no, like, what was your stress like the week before? Right? Like, yeah. are you are you exercising too much? Like before you exercise during the day, when you wake up, are you checking your heart rate to make sure that, well, today might not be a good exercise day because my heart rate's, you know, 20 more beats per minute. Like that's telling me that I'm underrested and overexerted. Like we have these natural, you know, systems in our body that can tell us a lot. But I think that people just don't listen to the body enough. Now, if I started feeling something real fucked up, you better believe I'm on my way to the doctor. Like, yeah. Yeah, something's got to change. But 99.999% of the time, it's like, breathe, fucking relax. You're not dying. Okay. You don't just go from alive and healthy to dead in seconds, right? Most people have this. You know, <laughs> Some sort of warning. Right. It's weird. Yeah. They just think yeah. they're going to die. And I was guilty of that too, because anxiety has been something that's been pushed onto people as such a prevalent yeah. And like you said earlier, they tell you, you have anxiety, you have depression. Not, no, no, I'm just expressing a symptom, bro. I don't yeah. have anything. I'm yeah. not part of depression. Depression is not part of me. I'm not part of, I'm not the owner of anxiety. You yeah. know what I mean? Anxiety is just present in my life at the current moment. And it's just angst, right? That's all it is. Like, what am I feeling right now? What is this, you know, connection I'm making? Because I used to get this thing where the... <laughs> I had to stop smoking marijuana for a while, right? And I've always been one to just take one little hit before bed, but I would take a hit. And then when I was having like a lot of uh, acid reflux and when you have acid reflux, you feel almost like heart uh, palpitations, but it's, yeah. it's just your, your, your soft, it's just kind of, you know, giving you a little, like a little flutter and you're like, Oh my God, my heart. Right. <laughs> so I, I'd get this crazy. And I can't, that's not a good combo. <laughs> Right, exactly. So it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, I need to kind of figure out what the root symptom is. And I think that that's something that this is why I appreciate, you know, holistic medicine and natural path so much because they kind of, you guys try to get to the root of the issue. It's not about all these symptoms and it's like, okay, well, now you need this to treat the symptom, treat the symptom. Like, no, man, we need to get to this podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Yorko. All of us know how important our health is, and Yorco has your health as its top priority. From white pine tincture to give you that daily dose of high-quality vitamin C and boost the immune system, to all-natural healing salves and soaps for day-to-day -day use. Everything is all-natural, handcrafted, and 100% all-Canadian with zero harmful ingredients. We all know almost all store-bought products and over-the-counter medications are causing a world of problems for us and our families. So keep you and your family safe with all-natural herbal remedies from Yorko. Visit www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off your purchase. That's www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off of your purchase. Now back to the pod what the problem is like to its core and they, you know i've had to since i i've had to unlearn so we, we've all like have to unlearn a lot right sure, like sure but i've had to unlearn 
a lot of what I learned at school Mm. and then a lot of what I had like habits I had developed in the first I don't know I mean I've been in practice for 10 years so the first seven years of practice essentially because a lot of times we don't get to the root cause Mm -hmm. and a lot of times we we are green allopaths we prescribe all sorts of natural substances the way a doctor would prescribe pharmaceuticals, except ours are natural. So have at it. No, no harm. We'll try this and we'll try that. And Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. Sometimes that's how you kind of have to practice to, to, to solve the puzzle. But generally speaking, we've been so disempowered because we don't have any knowledge about our own bodies Mm -hmm. that we're, we're number one, we're looking to somebody else outside of ourselves to fix ourselves and we're looking for something outside of ourselves to fix ourselves. And a, most people aren't willing to do the work to dig deep to find out where that original cause came from. Like, I can ask you a number of questions. Okay, your symptoms started back like three years ago. Okay, well, what was going on then? Oh, well, nothing, you know, we uh, moved and this, that. Okay, so we could maybe have got, but unless you actually get underneath the emotional state, and not mm-hmm. a lot of people are either willing to go there or they can't, they can't remember. Um, and to really get to that place, that's a lot of self-reflection and not a lot. Most people aren't willing to do that. And so then inevitably I end up, if they can't, I'm not going to say, well, to hell with you, go find someone else to help you. Then I have to go back to the stuff I did learn. Okay. Go through your checklist of, you know, pathophysiology. Okay. Location and intensity and what are the markers and that kind of thing. And then trying to take it all into consideration, providing some sort of symptomatic relief, providing some sort of curative action, and then hope that the person is able to, through some reflective work, deal with the underlying conflict. And I really started becoming very interested in German new medicine because that's what they talk about in you know across the board is this like yeah. shock conflict, which cause is the root of all disease. Um, and so I'm, but I'm not a very, I'm not a black and white person and I'm not like a yeah. 100, you know, zero or 100. I'm, I, so I love the idea of German new medicine, but I'm not like, well, that's the truth. And so we need mm-hmm. to go just that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's limitations with mm-hmm. naturopathy too. And to your point, like, you know, if there's an emergency, I'm going to the hospital. And this is where coming back to your pre- previous, previous point around demonizing the system is that. People like there's, you know, the not the the levels of knowledge is we know what we know, we know what we don't know. And then there's the crap we don't know, we don't know. And most of us have a a ginormous blind spot, you know, Um, doctors have a ginormous blind spot when it comes to the healing power of nature, our own inherent wisdom, and, uh, you know, the the idea that there's answers that exist outside of their algorithms. But, you know, the twice or three times I've happened in the emergency room over the last three years, I've been, I, you know, I'll be in my mom chat groups and I've talked to you about this before. It's like, Oh, you know, the doctors are like, when you're, you know, if, if you're unconscious, they're going to like stick you with something. <laughs> like They're going to geotag you or like, I don't, I'm just, I'm kind of making stuff up, but like very fear mongering. When I'm at, when I was in the emergency room, all I saw were people busting their asses trying to help other humans. Yeah. Like the beauty of it, like the patience of a nurse face to face with a man who is belligerent 
you know, a woman who had tried to commit suicide, two police officers with her talking her through her pain. Like I was witness to that. And I came back and I was like, you told my husband, I'm like, I just, that was, I needed to be there to remind myself that these are humans trying to help other humans and they're not trying to hunt down other people because they haven't been vaccinated and not wearing a mask. And like, you know, and I, I, that's something that I, it's, and the same thing goes for our GPs. They're not evil trying to get us. They're just ignorant and they don't know what they don't know. So I think it's like, it's, it's part of the, the work that we need to do now too, yeah. to not have let the last three years create disease within us is to go back and be like, okay, what, what was that emotion? What was that fear? What's the resentment I'm holding on to and, and clear it up. Because that's where I'm really starting to see a lot of dis-ease now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever been to... Uh, I don't think I can say that without being wrong. I'll rephrase it. I don't think that I've ever witnessed a doctor that is purely there just for profit. Now, there are a lot of them that are, and your average doctor visit is what, like three, four minutes. You're, you're in and out of there. It's kind of like, yep. Well, what symptoms are you expressing? Cool. Antibiotic send you on your way. And it's like, wow, like, holy shit. So I could still leave here, take the antibiotic, eat fucking McDonald's, go home, sleep three hours a night, play video games, not wear blue blockers or anything, not never go ground myself outside, keep drinking Coca-Cola, you know, keep drinking tap water. Like I just keep doing all this, but it's okay. Just antibiotic. Right. And it just seems so fucking odd. Right. Like yeah. that, that's it. That's it. Just just a pill and you're fine. Like, no wonder people think like, oh, I feel like shit. And then it just makes me feel good. And it's like, well, they think they can just live this, you know, miserable life without connecting any of the dots. And I think that where it gets a little frustrating for for people, especially now, is is when you're going in to go see your doctor and what you have is an individual that is so ignorant to the facts, but will sit there and speak to you and almost belittle you as though you're below them because they hold this fucking degree. And I'm like, congratulations. You spent a shitload of money that you probably (laughs) just got out of debt for. uh, And and you really have no idea what you're talking about. And I know, Mr. Carpenter, what the fuck do I know? But I will sit here and run medical fucking circles around you because I've read more than you have. I've put more time into it. And I'm not saying this to sit here and belittle you. I'm sitting here saying like, like what you did with, with the flu shot. That's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, none of them have had problems. And it's like, well, if it wasn't you sitting there to open her eyes to it, because I guarantee you now she's thought about it from that moment and said, fuck, like there there starts to become that guilty conscience because we are human. Right. So maybe what you had done was it was meant for you to be there that time, that place to have that discussion so that the person that was pregnant after you or the woman, sorry, not the person, the woman (laughs) that was pregnant after you. You know, maybe she wasn't so quick to just force that on her. Maybe you had kind of, you know, set a boundary to let her know, like, hey, man, these may not be safe and it might be something. And the human in her that you're speaking of, you know, actually comes forth and starts to say, well, you know, I really don't want to harm people. But what I will say that I kind of not disagree, I just think that there's a a more of a discussion that has to be uh, had around it. I do think that in the heat of the last few years with the whole Vax thing, that people were eating their own and we were hearing stories of people being, you know, jabbed against their will and, you know, out in surgeries and it was happening. But part of me sits there and I think, you know, we're sitting here saying, Oh, never trust the news, never trust the narratives. And then I always sit back and I'm like, but 
This is a story on the front cover of the sun. Right. Right. Like, so this is the same media that's been lying to you forever. Do you think right. they're just going to, is this just them fearing you into going to get it at your own will? Like, so do we not listen or do we listen? And I that's know. when you've seen me start to step forward and be like, you fucking truth idiots are just idiots. You're, you're, you're no different than the people on the, you're, you're just sheep on the other side of the equation who don't want to actually take anything and, and look at the data. It's like, I'm not going to get into this discussion. I'm going to use this as a, as a, a, uh, just an example and that's it. But the quote unquote chemtrail thing. And I'm like, I just put in my stories, like guys, here's all these facts. And I mean, facts on facts on facts on facts, like just running <laughs> through them from well-decorated pilots over the years. And yeah. it's like, you know, going through all of the science that we have. And it's like, well, they're just poisoning us. And I'm like, but that's not fucking good enough, guys. Like, you're just going on what you hear and not saying, well, you know, I'm telling everyone, oh, you need to be a critical thinker. And it's like, well, yeah, you do, which means that you need to take a data point and something that you hear and you need to open up your computer and and look up the more right. broad discussion around it and actually formulate your own opinion. Yeah. And I know that that seems like this outlandish idea now that, oh my God, I'm allowed to have one, right? It just seems very odd. So with doctors, I fucking, I agree. I agree. I don't go to the hospital and see that, man. I don't see nurses walking in like, you son of a bitch, you didn't get vaccinated. <laughs> fucking yeah. die of the flu, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we don't see that. So how do you feel about that then? How do you feel about what people have, quote unquote, become because of what has happened over the last three years? I see a lot of good, but I see a lot of bad too. So what's your stance on the evolution of people? Oh, God. I don't know. I see like so many, I see such a, um, a vast demographic that I think I see like pockets. Mm. I'd say most people I've seen, they're like, they, they rode the wave of like lockdowns and restrictions and mandates. And then when those ended, they've come back. Hey, life's normal now. That I see some people have like they took off like they, they they shot off into space and haven't come back yet. And they're like yeah. so fearful of everything that and it just it's now their comfort to be to complain and to stay in that state of fear because that's mm -hmm. now their new set point of certainty. Like mm -hmm. I can be certain that the world is messed up. And then I've seen other people where it's like they've allowed it, they've allowed this time to you know, evolve their ways of thinking, evolve past beliefs, and then to really truly become like innovative within their own space. And, um, and there's been like dynamic shifts across the board. I think I've said this from the get go that I think that this really did shine a light on the inefficiencies of the healthcare system, but then the inefficiencies of the education system too. Right. And so, you know, it's like those things couldn't keep couldn't have kept going the way that they were going. And this kind of like blew them to smithereens. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to see it. Um, and some people, you know, they, it, but a lot of stuff, it's when you can't, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And that's how I personally feel. Yeah. Um, you may hear my baby crying. <laughs> she just woke up. It's fine. No worries. Can you hear that? No. Okay, good. So yeah, that's what I think 
I don't know if that really answers your question. I just, I think there's, um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's almost, it's like the, you know, my husband's grandparents were in concentration camps during mm. world war two, got forced out of Poland. And I don't, I think that those are types of things. I mean, that's, that's of like an intense trauma, but I do think it's, it's an example of you can't unsee things. So when all of this stuff started happening, they were conflicted because they're like, we've seen stuff like this before, but they didn't see it until we showed them. And then once we showed them, they're like, Oh, but then they still had faith in their doctor. So it was like, but they were like, should we have faith in him? No, no, we have faith. We trust him. So it was very much like this, you know, but that's how we've always, because when you start to question your own beliefs, then you're like, well, who am I? If I'm not everything that I believe in, then, you know, that calls into question your past and your future. And that's scary. And that's, you know, a lot, most people would prefer to live in familiar discomfort mm -hmm. than to live in unfamiliar joy and happiness and mm -hmm. things like that. It's very wild. Humans are so complex. I think this brings in the most important discussion of all, and one that I've been really hammering home for about a year and a half now, and that is the true concept of real spirituality, not just opening up a book with, you know, said, you know, whatever instruction written by this man, this man, and this man, and these people and those people. And, you know, you got to look for the solution outside of you and all of this. And this is not a to dog. Look, if you want to be a Christian, a Muslim, an atheist, I don't give a fuck, do whatever you want. Um, my point is when I sit, when I sit and look at that, that discomfort that you're speaking of, I find bliss there that's where i exist because all of us exist there none of us exist in the past none of us exist in the future we exist here right now so whatever i've just heard is what i've just heard whatever i haven't heard yet is shit i haven't heard yet like am i going to live in a perpetual state of fear because i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and should I live in a, a perpetual state of blame for my mistakes in the past or right. what's happened in the past? Like, dude, who cares when you're sitting out front doing something simple, like watching your kids ride their bikes down the street and you like, you know, you see that that moment with like, you know, the sun kind of coming between the trees and your kids are just laughing. Like, doesn't time just kind of seem completely yeah. fucking irrelevant for that moment? Like. And, and and I think what people miss is that's the feeling right there that you you should be like striving to emulate every day of your life. Like I've learned a lot of valuable lessons in the last like three months. And one of them was always, I'd always try to make my workday go faster. You know, I'd find these little ways to cope and kind of lose track of time. But then I'd find myself, you know, at Christmas or something like, fuck, where did the year go? Right. And I'm like, hold on a minute. So I'm concerned about the time that's lost, but I'm trying to speed it up for the things that I dislike. And it made me sit back and say, nah, man, it's your perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm gifted with my hands. I'm, I'm gifted with the ability to build things that nobody can build. My mind works like that. That's just how my brain is. The more complex the build, the more I'm into it. 
So why not slow down and enjoy the fact that I have this ability and I can make time go real slow doing something I truly appreciate and I'm getting compensated well for my time. And this is the compensation that is the exchange of energy that I get to bring home to give my kids the the life that I could have only dreamed of giving them. And that's here. And it's because of this time. And here I am trying to make it go fast. It's kind of like, why aren't we practicing that that true respect for the time that we're given rather than looking at it as this like burden like oh i gotta go to work today i gotta wake up early no 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 no. start off waking up in the morning and just saying i'm grateful dude there's somebody right now who's bedridden in a hospital bed who just wants to get up and take one step and they never will and here you are bitching that like oh i have to get up early like god forbid you get to get up Take a deep breath, stand up, walk to the bathroom, not piss blood, brush your teeth, you know, hop in your hop in your car, warm it up, drive to work, experience the things that some people will never leave a room. Like there's people out there that are being so severely abused that they've never seen outside of a basement. We're talking human beings. Know what I mean? Like all the shit that's wrong in the world. And we don't look at, you know, being eternally grateful for all of our own shit. So what I notice is. I don't think, and this is a more kind of loony discussion, but these are the thoughts that I have of myself, is I don't think God is this concept outside of us. I truly think that God is just a representation of gratitude. Yeah. That's honestly all I see because the universe loves gratitude. The more you walk around in gratitude, your life will be amazing. Right? And it's like a because it's that that's like that's omnipresence, right? The gratitude you can't you can't not be present when you're grateful. Mm-hmm. It's like it's and and I had it's funny you had that you know realization three months ago. I th- I mean I don't think I've not ever thought that, but it was I was like a week ago, and I felt that juxtaposition of okay, once the school is full, <laughs> you know, once the, you know, when we can spend more time together, once this, once that, when we have that, when we are doing this, I just want to fast forward time to get all those things, all those, those boxes checked. And I'm like, yes, but then that means that the kids are going to be that much older, you know, and it, it's, it's because, I mean, there's no better representation of how quickly time flies than looking at your kids, especially in those first few years. And I do think that, you know, I've always, I've never been religious. My, my dad grew up Catholic, but my parents practice Hinduism and, Mm. um, but they exposed me to a couple different religions. We'd go to a couple services here and there, but it was never, I never gravitated towards that. And whenever I'd listen to like a sermon or something, I'd be so lost. I'm like, I, this, none of this resonates or talks to me. Um, that's me. And so, but I did always from a very young age, believe that God was me and I was God. And now some people would think that that's very, um, I don't know, pompous or something egotistical, but I, I always had this sense that, um, that God was like a, like my friend and was there for, to, to just kind of be there and be like, you're, exactly where you need to be no matter where that is you're where you're supposed to be and um there was nothing you know uh vengeful vengeful or um punishing or judging about my god and so i think that spiritual peace and that presence that you talk about is very true and we're so detached from that 
just the way we're detached from our physical bodies, we're detached from the beauty of the present moment. Yeah. And even just like stopping and like to your point, the kids are driving their bikes and their their minds are nowhere other than on the bikes. Like my kids will stop and smell, literally smell the roses. And you're like, like what joyous gift. Mm -hmm. And then of course they become like socialized to not do that stuff and to like think of the next thing. And God, I'm guilty of it too, of like, come on, we gotta go, we gotta do this. Um so I, if that's the one spiritual takeaway, and it's it's hard. It's not like a you have to practice it. It's like any other habit. You have to train your your mind. And so that's what I was saying with my practice. It's like that's the the finding root cause is essentially trying to trying to retrain the brain to think differently. Um, and then the 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 physical will reflect those changes and those different neurons that you start to 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 wire together it's it's a wild like i mean this this is a ginormous conversation um but it's one that i never i have to have with patients like it's 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 like because the system has created a very compartmentalized system i mean with one complaint oh okay you've got you can't poop okay we'll send you to a gastroenterologist okay you're having trouble with your joint pain okay we're going to send you to a rheumatologist like it's so segmented Mm-hmm. Well, you're having a headache and you can't poop or you're having joint pain and you can't poop. Well, those are two different, completely different things. They're unrelated, you know? So it's very, and there's so, and there's no education. Well, to your point, well, what are you eating? <laughs> you know, how yeah. much are you moving or not moving? Um, and so, and God forbid they ask you about what your thoughts are, you know, right. well, what, what, what is the practice in the morning that you, that you engage in or what, you know, do you ever take time to just sit still and like look at a flower? I spent 20 minutes earlier watching uh, Mama or Papa Robin and two baby robins like yeah, looking for worms. And I was, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. But the, and it, like, but those are the, those are the things. Those are the things that what, that like makes human experience or can make human experience transcendent. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Dude, I, I totally Real deep agree. on this Thursday night. No, no, but th- these are the conversations that I feel like we need to have because what we're experiencing is not a human experience. There's a reason that so many people feel depressed and anxious and misplaced. It's because you've been misplaced. You're, you're not yeah. in the place that you're supposed to be. You're, you're not, you're cognitively in your left brain too fucking much. And the moment that you kind of cross that barrier over to the right brain and start to access that again, And when you look at, you know, old teachings and things like the Bible, where it's always like, oh, well, you know, Jesus would cast the net onto the right side and it would be bountiful with fish. That's what he's talking about. Get to the right side of your brain. He was telling you that this is where the bounty is, the true bounty of life, Mm -hmm. right? They tell you that the temple of God is down the hallway and off to the right. Like it's all telling you, right, to go up the staircase, which is the quote unquote, the Kundalini, your spine. So you go all the way up the chakras mm-hmm. to your crown chakra. There's a temple of God off to the fucking right. It's not to the left where it's like, I need more statistics. It's off to the right where you can sit there and watch something so simple and find the beauty in it. It's like next time you see a car drive by, instead of just saying a car drove by, just stop for a minute and like just visualize that wheel turning and the rotor and the brake mm-hmm. and how the whole system moves 
and how all of that is flowing through the natural air and it's it's aerodynamic and a man has created that a mind a human mind mm-hmm. has put that together it's not just a car you know what i mean like yeah. when you see the things that people are capable of and and then you see how everything that we build is just mimicking something that nature's already giving us given us and it's fucking incredible and when you start to slow everything down and start to really appreciate all those little things like if you take like anything you enjoy if you're a person that likes water coffee juice whatever most people just okay i wake up in the morning i grab it oh yeah nice sip fucking you know i know this is the effect that i'm gonna get from and it's like we're always looking at the end we're never like well the journey right like I i take a sip it's warm it gives me this you know sensation and like I like to do this sometimes when you eat something really sweet and you can almost like track the dopamine receptors in the brain, (laughs) like close your eyes, take a bite of it. And then when you swallow it, just kind of like, kind of try to in your, in your head, like visualize, if you have to go on Google, find a picture of like the sideways skull and see like how your brain connects and then like eat something and try to visualize, you know, the senses going to the brain, these little explosions happening and what's going on. And, all of a sudden, it's like, holy fuck, that sip of coffee was another level. Mind-blowing. Right, but you appreciate yeah. it differently. Yeah. And for the people who don't understand what I'm talking about, I would highly encourage everybody to, even at a very low dose, to try psilocybin at least once in your lifetime. It is going to completely open up a whole new realm of existence. And I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast, but I'll tell this really quick. The first time I'd ever done mushrooms, first time, was about three years after my son passed away. Super traumatic experience. So I tried these mushrooms. I go into my room. I lie down, turn on a guided meditation, which is just the music. This time I didn't do the words. And all of a sudden, boom, I find myself wondering how I got to this place. I'm walking on a boardwalk. I look left. There's, you know, the the just ocean as far as I can see. And I see the shadows of four people and i'm like what the fuck so i you know hop off this little boardwalk and i can feel the sand between my toes it's hot from the sun and i can smell the ocean and i'm like part of me is wondering how the fuck i got here the other part is like okay i'm here it's kind of like this weird out-of-body experience and i walk up and i see my daughter standing beside my wife my wife holding my my newborn son at the time and then in the other side was my son that passed at the age that he would be now And I got a chance to kind of like walk up to him and like, I remember turning him around and giving him this giant hug, like, holy fuck, dude. Like I didn't never thought I'd see you ever. Right. Like I I only think about you like this, this isn't real. Right. And then when I gave him a hug, I could feel the fibers of his hair between my fingers and dude, every, it was unbelievable. And then my wife, actually, I guess she was getting out of the bathroom and turned on the light and I shot out of it. But when I shot out of it, it was like, almost like smoke in a circle and I got like zapped out and then boom, I was back into my body again. And I remember just sitting up and there's fucking tears everywhere. And I'm sitting there wondering to myself, that's when it clicked. And I'm like, we have been sold that we live on this one plane of existence and existence and dimensions are like an onion. There's layers everywhere. And we're just trapped in one of them because I just existed in another place where that was all complete. There was no difference from the senses that I felt there and here. How's right. that possible? Right. Right. So it's like when I tell people that there's so much more to this fucking existence than meets the eye, 
and they just don't understand it. And then you speak to people who do, and all of a sudden it's like this, you have a conversation that truly you feel the words that the person is saying and you're like, this is what language is supposed to be. These are the vibrations from the words that we're supposed to feel. And we've lost that. So I know that was quite a bit of a tangent. Um, No, not at all. (laughs) But you, I mean, first of all, it's like, it's, that's, I mean, that's much different than my shroom experiences. Um, But that's, I mean, that's a perfect example. And the thing is, is that you're right. Most people would either like shrug that off as being a dream or, you know, your subconscious or whatever, whatever people think subconscious is. Mm. <laughs> but what I will often introduce to people when they question whether it's energetic medicine or exchange of energy, or frequency, frequency healing, anything to your point that you can't see. And so if you can't see it, you don't believe it. I will bring up the functionality behind hearing mechanism. Mm. I'm like, do you know how we hear sound? Let me tell you. (laughs) You know, the sound wave comes into the ear and there's a little tiny mallet and Mm -hmm. it hits the eardrum. And then it sends vibrations up through cilia and like goes to the brain. Like, do you know how we see the mechanism of vision? We actually perceive things. Our eyes see them backwards and upside down. And then all of those, that light is interpreted by the brain and flipped. So it's like, and then people are, because those things are accepted, but we don't see it. And so, and we don't need to think about it. So we just take it for granted. How do we pick up signals on the radio? Like it just, so there's all these things that I like to introduce to people for them just to even go, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, it's a what, but those are, and that's what I think has been happening over the last couple of years is like you introduce something in a respectful way that somebody hasn't considered before. And if you do it in a way that is actually open to conversation and dialogue as opposed to, and that the way I just said, it may have come off a little bit like snarky, but that is when people go, huh? Yeah. I I didn't think of it that way. And then kind of like perhaps the conversation I had with my doctor around the flu shot, it's like, you never know how that will crack them open. Right. Even for their own human existence. Like maybe I don't, know the absolute truth Mm -hmm. it's it's a wild it's it's it it really does and you know i'm like i mean four years ago i would listen to cbc like all day long (laughs) okay all day long and my husband would be like will you turn this shit off like you're it's not because it was cbc but like why are you just listening to like bad news all day it's just like and then there was a couple of things, like a couple of instances, maybe five years ago, a couple of instances where I knew 100% that they were lying. They were, or they were just exhibiting really lazy journalism. And I'm like, okay, this clearly isn't mm-hmm. right or true. And then I stopped listening, but it's like that. It's, it's kind of, but when I, that first happened, I'm like, what? Like, I, tr- I thought I trusted this. I thought I knew, I thought I was doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, maybe I'm not doing the right thing maybe they're not did you 
did you notice any sort of physiological changes from when you stopped listening to all the bad news all the time? And once you cut that yeah. out? Yeah, I was less anxious for sure. Mm. And did you notice anything else other than that? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't remember anything like distinctly other than I just, I stopped. I, it, it was my anxiety definitely went down. Hmm. Maybe my negative thinking um, improved a little bit. I can't think of anything like other um, that really sticks out. So I asked that only because there was Dr. Masaru Emoto. He was the one that discovered that our words and, and the things that we say and the uh, vibrations that come from our words and how they can affect the molecular structure of water. And what he noticed that you could put a cup of water, two cups of water in the freezer. You could tell one that you hate it, one that you loved it. The one that you kept telling you hated it would freeze in this really odd, you know, bubbly, shitty looking, you know, just block of ice. And then the one that he told that he loved would crystallize in these beautiful little like snow shape or snowflake patterns inside the cup. And that really brings to mind, I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's why it's the war on information, right? Because- what you'd be intaking is just that, like what you're listening to, you're listening to the vibrations of somebody's words and you're, you know, 70% water. But if you look at like right. us on a cellular level, we're like 90 some odd percent water. So when you're listening to that shit, that's legitimately changing the molecular structure of the water inside your being. So I noticed that when I cut out all that shit, if I have a glass of water right now, if we were having a shitty conversation, this water that I have, I would not be drinking. I would legit wait till I could go upstairs mm. to be That's in so good cool. vibes and have good conversation before I yeah. consume that water. Huh. And it's as simple as this. And this may be like a mind thing. And just the fact that I'm, I'm very, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, I'm so spiritually in tune. No, I'm just very curious about these things. And as I've started to notice these little changes, I've really been able to turn around my health and, and my well being and the way that I can relay information, the way I teach my children, the way I communicate with other people. And there was a deer that I'd hunted a while back and uh, I kind of, it just, the hunt kind of was odd. And when I shot the deer, it didn't feel good. The shot didn't feel right. I felt bad about it. I wasn't like that grateful feeling I usually have. Like usually I'll kind of, you know, drop a tear, pet the animal, you know, I'm eternally grateful. Like the universe put me in this thing and in the same position at the same time for me to fill my freezer with one animal that was all in nature. Didn't have to suffer very quick. Um, and people can feel however they want to feel about hunting. Um, and and it's weird because every time I had consumed that deer, I'd notice like, fuck, I get a stomachache. Hmm. Like, why, why is that? Until I realized, oh, shit, I need to go make amends with the meat in the freezer. Because before I butchered that, it was all negativity. It all felt bad. It was me saying, ah, oh, fuck, like, and, and just not appreciating mm. the food. So I had already put this this juju into the food. Right. And when you think about the fact that, well, this deer is, you know, largely water as well. But what did I do to that? You know, before I froze it, right? It was right. this negativity around it before I froze the water, right? So it's like, all right, pull it all out, make amends with it, put it back in, ate it, never got a stomachache again. Wow. All of a sudden it tasted better. It was fine. So it's a true testament to like, and I question fucking everything. You yeah. you see how I post it. I'm not one to just hop on a bandwagon, but there's something to be said about even when you're showering, like just just say I love you. Like, what's the problem with right. it? Like, people, are, oh, it's weird. Like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, the vibration you're filling that room right. with, the frequency you're filling that room with, 
that's what matters, dude. Like, that's why when you speak, you know, to your children in this loving way or your, your kid will just walk up to you and be like, dad, I love you. Right. Like out of nowhere, <laughs> there's yeah. a reason that automatically it fills your cup. Yeah. Think about the saying, yeah. it fills your cup. It fills yeah. your cup with water, right? The, the We are yeah. just a physical yeah. vessel, this cup of water. Right. So when I you're like, that. these are these things. Right. And this is why I love to speak to people because I have a way of explaining things in this manner that make a person kind of strip those layers away from them and you just kind of get right to the root of them and like look man life isn't what you think it is it's not this rat race you're not your money you're not your car you're not your clothes you're not your you know all this hot shot shit dude this is you man you're just whatever it is that animates us put into this physical body and given all of these tasks and you get to decide what you do between the point of you entering this world alone, you leave this world alone, everything in between that is a choice. So the well, choice and, is yours. And then, you know, I, I, um, have you ever read, um, man's search for meaning? I haven't, but I will. What's it? Man's search for me. Who's that? Yeah, Victor Frankel. I'll so he was, a uh, a Jewish, doctor who was taken to Auschwitz and he was I think he was at a couple of camps Auschwitz being one of them he lived there for two years and he woke up every morning he didn't know if today was the day he was sent on the train to that particular camp or if he was going to be taken to the ovens he didn't know his wife was in a different camp he didn't know if she was dead or alive every morning when he woke up and he decided very early on in his stay that he was either going to live in joy in his mind or die or die in his mind every day and live in suffering. So he got up every morning and he found joy. He spoke to his wife in his head all day long while he was working in the heat, no food, people dying around him. And so I think of that often that for a, a plethora, for some things that are simple, trivial shit to the more, you know, intense, life experiences of I can either see this I can either I, it's all up to me it's all up to me and how I feel and because and that's not just like a hokey pie in the sky stuff to your right. point it's like it's physiology it's biochemistry right it has such an impact on every cell of your body you can have the best water filter if we want to go back to the the water example in the world that filters out everything it send gives you back everything you need and it like sing show tunes. But if you in your mind are like, oh, but it doesn't take out that one thing that I heard causes like, right. you're, you're toasted. Yeah. You can have, you know, like organic. I mean, we eat organic. Great. But like, if you believe that, you know, exposure, living in an urban environment is going to kill you, good luck. Like you're going to live in this state of perpetual fear and negativity and you're going to suffer in your mind far greater than anything you're spraying us with. And so I try to remind myself of that often, that it's just, it's the, we are so capable of anything and, mm -hmm. um, and healing and the, uh, the, the whole, like the, I hate using the word holistic, but like the, the entire experience right. in our human body and our spiritual bodies is possible and it is it's never done mm. um and people are always looking right that that gratification of like okay well that's that and that's done and now i'm 
but it's, it's a, if you think of it like that, you're going to be constantly disappointed. So I'm, that's, I, you know, it's all part parcel of this, this over, you know, the healing that we're discussing um, and offshoots of it. Wild. Cause it's a, I think that health is a sphere and we, we lose that. We lose the fact that our health is literally this, this, this perpetual cycle. And the problem mm -hmm. is that most people are just stuck on one piece of pie you know, one piece of the graph, like, let's say that 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 your health is this giant circle with eight pieces of pie, people only focus on the first two, it's like, okay, what am I, am I exercising? And am I eating and drinking correctly? And it's like, well, but there's more to that. Because when you look at the relationships that you have, like one of the most healthy things for the human is to have these great relationships. And we see yeah. this with these blue zones in Italy. Now people are like, oh, their diet, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, look at what they're doing. Every yeah. single night, they, the community will get together in their family's houses and they'll cook together. They'll eat together, they'll laugh together. They'll, that's what it is. It's that life yeah. force that's constantly being you know, uh, held into one place. So it's like, if you're going to go eat something that you know is bad for you, right? Like that, you know, scientifically, you know, that it's full of sugar and, you know, like a, let's just say you're eating a, a this big chocolate cake, right? You know, it's not good for you. You're probably going to feel like shit tomorrow. However, is it now bad for you if I'm around my friends and family and I'm having this amazing time and I'm mending my, you know, my, my, my ability to have this great relationship with them and it's filling my cup in the other way? And we're eating the chocolate cake. Well, now the chocolate right. cake isn't as bad for you. Right. Why? Because now I'm, I'm filling my cup in another way. Now I'm mending my relationship side with people and laughing and making the soul feel easy and, you know, getting rid of stress. And so it's kind of like there's a reason the placebo effect exists. Is because even when people, oh, should I should I come to Yorko and grab some holistics and or oh, should I go to my naturopath? Should I go to my doctor? And I'm like, at the end of the day, it's really very simple. And the cure that will work best for you is the one you believe in. Yeah. That that's 100. just it. If you yeah. believe that that drinking Pepsi is going to heal you, if you truly <laughs> believe that, well, then when you come home that's every less. day and you drink that. Yeah. That's what's going to heal you because yeah. your mind is connected that this is the elixir of life. You've you've yeah. made that connection. So people lose that. And that, that ties into exactly what you were saying, where it's like, oh, no, this one ingredient. I'm like, dude, it's still a fucking strawberry, man. Like, it's, right. it's OK. Right. 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 And there is like the the um, I always tell like I'm I'm not like a lot of naturopaths where I unless somebody has like a like really severe issue and we're trying to I'm trying to help them find discipline mm. in their life and not perhaps fall to pressures or whatever like whatever it's very individual but generally speaking if someone is going to in it you know indulge in something I'm like sure embrace it and honest uh, right. so this is related I had a ton of patients who had to take the vaccine because of work I'm talking like people who are two ways, two years away from retirement and their pension Fuck. couldn't leave their families depend on their income. So like, what am I going to do? So we spent a lot of time accepting it. Right. Right. Not fearing it and being like the acceptance of it. So when they got, went and got it, they sat in peace and they said, I am safe. I am healthy. Yeah. This is this is 
Um, this will make my body stronger. Like all the nothing and no, no, only affirmative phrases. Thank you. My body can deal with anything. My body can detox everything. So, and, and that was, so, and honestly, those patients didn't have any side effects. Right. But the ones that were like, I mean, and God bless them because I don't know if I could, I don't know. It's, 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 but again, it's a mindset thing and there is a ton of research. I mean, there is well-documented studies uh, pertaining to the belief system. There's Mm -hmm. one, it's, it's kind of like a landmark study and they looked at, I don't know, it was like tens of thousands of participants and they, they um, hold them regarding their beliefs about stress and overall um, outcomes. So for the cohort that believed that stress would not impact their health negatively, it didn't. Right. In the group who believed that stress did impact their health negatively had a 40% increased rate of mortality. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's like, it's, it's, and that is just a small example because we have these micro beliefs about pretty much everything. And so, um, that has to be part of the discussion around health. That has to be a ginormous piece of the pie. Yeah, man. Yeah. Of yeah. course it does. Of course. And it's something that everybody misses from doctors to naturopaths to whether it's even plant medicines. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, sure. You may have this plant medicine that will help you deal with your shit and, and sure it'll bring you closer to, you know, the gates, but I'm a firm believer that you're never going to find the key to the gate in your entire life. Like the key to the gate is, is when you're done, like where we're so fixated on opening this gate instead of realizing mm-hmm. that, Hey, this is just a gate but there's an entire world over here and life's not just about the gate. It's not that destination. Right. So let's start focusing on everything that works. I mean, going to what you were just saying, there was also a, uh, uh, another study with regards to meditation. They did this in the middle East where they had taken a small town of, I believe a hundred thousand people. They got 10,000 of them to meditate and they saw drastic changes in the rest of the population which was Mm -hmm. super interesting. Like the Mm -hmm. crime rates went down, rapes went down, violence went down. All of a sudden people are starting to like barter with each other. And it like people started getting raises at jobs and like just everyone's in a better mood. They want to uplift the society. And it's like, if 10% of us have the ability to radiate that and just focus on the collective and make sure that the collective is, is guided well, well, that just goes to show you the power of the belief system, right? Like, and that's why when you see these kids, like, you have the ability to look at your children and say like, wow, you know, like life is fucking amazing. And you'd be surprised at how much that creates these, these bumpers for your children to kind of, you know, stay within the lines of life and never veer too far off. And that's because of your belief system, right? Like we, we all kind of like link together, right? We're all this giant chain of humanity and we seem to, just forget these things like like your your life is nothing more than your you you get born into the system you go to school when you're done school you you know find this job get a ton in debt find a partner get married you know have a house white picket fence all this bullshit and the conversation we've just had over the last hour is like well nah man like look at all the shit you've missed and we have only touched the tip of the iceberg i go on for hours about all that we miss and my personal experiences and how they've truly affected my life. And not only that, but then the people that I make privy to this information, their lives, everything brightens up. The storm clouds just move over the top of them. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, 
you know, my life is absolutely fantastic. And when I say things like, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I I can't get anxious. I can't get depressed. You know, it's just not. And people are like, oh yeah, like you're, and I'm like, no, no, like you don't understand. I don't believe in anxiety and depression. Every time someone messages me, hey, bro, you good? My message is 100% of the time, always, I'm always good. Because I am always good. What the fuck is there that's so bad? Yeah, things happen. It's terrible. But if I'm going to take, say, you know, somebody I know passing away, yeah, that sucks. But look at all the people that are still here. Like, how about instead of worrying about the fact that we can't see them anymore, we start to just live our life in a way that really accommodates what they would have wanted us to become. I know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I was thinking to myself when you're talking about like changing the collective energy, you know, a small few changing and because the, I mean, we, we talk so much, society talks so much about, you know, coming together and, and helping each other and things like that. You know, we could, some of us meditate, or we could just continue changing our Facebook, our Facebook profile pictures. I mean, (laughs) one of the two will do it. I'm not sure which one. Um, Because it's like it's it a lot of times it's seen as being it's like reductionist and it's simplistic, but if you actually come back to the inherent wisdom of the universe, I mean, and again, it's it sounds super esoteric or something, but it's just not. It's actually very simple, and we get so caught up, um, and we're so bombarded with information now too. I think it's just like an overstimulation, so. That's also something I've started practicing too, is like, I don't look at my phone for the first couple hours of the day. I can't, because mm-hmm. like, you're immediately just taking on other people's shit. Like you start your day being like, okay, what is there to worry about? Um, who's doing what? Who am I jealous of? Who has what I want that I don't have? Um, you're just living outside of your own reality and then judging it. And then, um, and then also just like the noise, I've just, I've completely either unfollowed or muted a lot of accounts that I'd actually started following over the last three years because yeah, yeah, it's just noise on the other side where I'm like, I want to focus on being the best version of myself. I don't know. I don't need to be blind to everything, but I want to, I want tidbits when I want tidbits. I don't want to be like all day being like, oh God, this and that and the other thing. Um, so I, you know, I'm still trying to find that happy medium of being informed without letting it, you know, take over because when you are a parent, you do tend to like worry about ramifications, but you know, you said something actually at the beginning of the conversation, which totally resonated with me. And it's something that somebody said to me recently, which is, you know, as a parent, you're 100% responsible for what happens to your child, but they are also simultaneously on their own journey. Yes. So it's like you, and so when you're responsible for them, essentially that just means you're there to hold space for them while they journey, while they voyage. And you're there to say, you're safe. I'm here when you need me. Um, Because it's like this beautiful marriage of responsibility and honoring of them as their own entities. Mm -hmm. You know, we've always, I've always felt of like, this may sound silly, but I've always thought of our children as being kind of they work they've they've come through me they're not ours we're there to just be this yeah conduit you know um and that i i it's it's that part of it in in this landscape that we find ourselves in that's where i have to go so i don't over 
think things and and you know worry about things sure. to a pathological degree sure and like, and uh, you know you look at your kids and i think that the most simple way to think about it for everybody is with all the shit that's going on, this is going to be uh, an absolute gem for everybody. And it's very simple. It's that I am you and you are me. If you look yeah. at your kids like that, it's the same thing. Yeah. I was once you like you and now you're me. And I'm trying to teach you to remove the parts of me that hopefully are, are generational issues that mm -hmm. I have removed. And hopefully you can identify them with how well I've taught you and be able to remove whatever generational issues you see with me. And then hopefully we get to a point where I believe that that's how we get these, these revolutionaries. Mm -hmm. I'm the first one in my family. Like oddly enough, I'm the only one in my family to have different colored eyes mm -hmm. for generations, dude. And everyone wow. is, everyone is just odd, right? They're all stuck in this weird paradigm. And then, you know, in the beginning, people would start telling me about these indigo kids and they're the ones with different colored eyes. I'm like, well, it's just eyes, bro. Like, it's really not that serious. Like, I think you're thinking too deep into it. But then you start to think like all of these little subtleties, I think that they all accumulate into who you become and, and kind mm -hmm. of, you know, who you strive to be. But when it comes to the kids, it's it's just what you said, right? It's 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 being able to just to guide them and still know that that's, that isn't yours, right? Yes. Like it's, they're your children. You should, you should love them, but you should never like the word responsible, right? It's, it's, it's being able to respond. That's what it is, yes. right? You're just able to respond to what they need. That's what responsible yeah. is. Right. So when they ask you a question, dude, I have no problem telling them, I don't know. Yeah. Same. How many parents love being like, oh, well, I read on, oh, let's Google. No, no, man. Sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes, you know what I do? I'll look at my kids and I'll be like, hey, you're homeschooled. Write that down tomorrow. Right. I want you to go look that up. And when I get home, you tell me what you found. Right? Like, I don't, if I don't know, I'm going to just be giving you something that will fall into my bias of what yeah. that thing is. When exactly. it's like, no, man, how about you blow my fucking mind and tell me what you <laughs> yeah. found? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I know that like a lot of this, whether people want to admit it or not, this is being a naturopath. Everything that we've discussed is part of why I wanted to have you on because all of this is that sphere of health. All of this equals the person that you are and how you express the things we call symptoms. So what, what do you find in people once you start getting them to change their mindset do you start to realize that all of a sudden their problems not disappear, but they start to really learn how to manage them better without any sort of medicine? Yeah, they lose their power. Like they 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 start to shift out of focus of being, you know, the stars of the show and running your show mm. to kind of like blending into the background and not being such a big deal. Mm. It's like once you it's like, a, you know, the elephant in the room, once you ad uh, you address it, you're like, oh, it's just an elephant. Like, hmm. yeah. and it's pink. Cool. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a very, like, I, I, it's never about, I don't provide, like, I don't call myself a healer. I don't provide any, um, like, I'm not helping. I like to say, like, I'm, su I support you. Like, you're doing the work. 
I'm just here to provide you a framework to provide you some new tools. So I do a lot of education. So it's a lot of tools and a lot of um, here's what you may not have known about your body. What piece of that speaks to you? Like what part of that, of what we just discussed sticks out for you? Like where might you have become disconnected in that whole paradigm? And, you know, that's the, you, when you said, you know, you've gone into your doctor and you could quite literally school them. If a, if a doctor ever tells you that they will, I always say a couple of things. Like if a doctor ever tells you they know something 100% to be true, you need to run. And two, you are always the expert of your own body and your own experience. Of course. So I have like, I'll have patients come to me with chronic illness and instead they'll say, oh, you know, have you treated MS before? Yes, I've treated MS before, but I've never treated your MS before. Mm. So I need you to tell me what it is. Like, what is it like? And then you start to, because you have to really get into the experience with them. And so basically I'm just like an objective sounding board for people Mm. to like really come to their own conclusions and provide the space for that with this this realm because I want to it's it's like people want to feel connected like you said and so that's what I want to provide too like I'm here as a connection so that you feel like you're not alone in this Mm. and that you have outsourced a little bit to because that help that that sense of community is is extremely helpful um, and that's that's my that's my objective as a practitioner. So, in uh, getting towards the end of this, um, I want to discuss just a couple little things that I guess we can give people a little bit of uh, you know insight on. Um, what would you suggest that the and I hate saying the average person, but it's it's just an unfortunate truth. There's the average person and that that just talks about those within society um, that would typically have a medical cabinet full of Buckley's and, you know, Tylenol. And what would you suggest would be a few things that you think everybody should have on hand to treat common colds and, and such? Um. I love echinacea. It's very gentle. It's very safe. It is very effective um, for for most like you know viruses. Um, I love vitamin C. Food based vitamin C is really great. Um, I love and liposomal vitamin C is really good. Um, oregano is nice to have on hand. It's like nature's antibiotic. It's a bit packs a bit more of a punch than say echinacea. It's a bit stronger. Um, vitamin D, but I like vitamin D in your form. I, I mean, I, I love your guys' beef liver. So I like organ, um, organ meat capsules, mm. um, because of the vitamin D, because of the vitamin A, because of the vitamin K, so um, good. the B vitamins, like it's just, it's, and, and I do recommend them to, from an immune perspective, like you can increase the, your consumption of those. Um, I love homeopathics for cold and flu, especially for coughs with kids. So, and fever, fever is, and people, um, we won't get into this, but fever is so feared by parents it's and demonized. Yeah. Yeah. it's totally, and fever is safe and it's the body's a very intelligent way of increasing yeah. our set, our temperature set point to fend off infection. 
So, but there's ways to like homeopathy helps to manage the child's discomfort without using, mm. you know, Tylenol and Advil. Yeah. So um, Belladonna is a really good one for high fever, child's red, sweaty. Positilla is a nice one when there's fever and your child is really, really clingy and emotional. Um, but Belladonna is really good for like a higher fever. Um, and elderberry is a really nice uh, mm. herb to have on hand, especially for the kiddos. It tastes good. It's sweet. You can actually make it at home too. There's, you can Google recipes. You can yep. find like a big bag of organic el dried elderberries on like Amazon if you use Amazon. Um, those are big ones. And then like basics, bone broth, electrolyte elixirs. So you can make homemade, um, electrolyte drinks, Himalayan salts, um, lime juice, lemon juice, a little bit of orange juice and some coconut water. That mm. is extreme. Cause the, one of the first things that we worry about, not worry about, but we look for, like there's a lot of discomfort in colds and flus when we become dehydrated. So oh, yeah. body yeah. aches and headaches and fever, um, lack, lack of, lack of, um, appetite and things like that. So hydrating with all mm. those things I, I just mentioned. Um, I think that would probably be my, my number one, but I, I do an entire course based on how to become your family's primary healthcare practitioner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And basically it's like how to build your toolkit. But those are, I mean, those are just the, that those are half the things we talk about. I just use had, I just talk about how to specifically apply them. Um, but it is possible to treat 99.9% .9 of things at home. And I, and I don't mean like, uh, you know, um, GP visits. I mean, yourself. But we've become so disempowered. And then, of course, when your kid's sick and you're up in the middle of the night, if you haven't written yeah. something out for yourself and planned ahead, you're like, you've, you're stressed out. Like, your child's uncomfortable. You hate yeah. to see them in, in discomfort. So that's always my recommendation, too, is, like, plan ahead. So, okay, if they've got a fever, this is what we do. If they've got a cough, this is, you know, my son woke up the other morning or the other night, needed a barking cough. Like, you know, the typical croup. Yeah. Don't freak out. Take them outside. So the first thing you do expose their lungs, their 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 um, bronchioles to cold air. It decreases inflammation because the barking is just the 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 airways are inflamed and the air passing through them as he coughs is creating that barking sound. So get them into cold air, um, and then we do some home. I did some homeopathics. Um, I think I used bryonia. Gone. Like you know, he still had a cough, but it was no longer that restrictive sounding that. Can yeah, yeah. sound a little scary but the thing is is like i'm trained to know what to do in those situations but you know when i had first had kids i didn't i knew it like theoretically but i had to write everything down so that i had something to you know consult when i right, was in right. those high stress situations so definitely um a plan hmm. so i what do you think of um the whole concept of alkalinity within the body Oh, I mean, all I will say, cause I don't, I don't really know, like I haven't delved into it outside of what I know biochemically, to be honest with you. I know that there is a theory that, um, disease cannot exist in an alkaline environment. I don't know if that's true, like specifically cancer, but I do know that blood pH is very strictly monitored by the body. Like mm -hmm. I'm talking, it doesn't budge. If it right. budged, you're dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're yeah. looking, when we're talking about body pH, we're talking about saliva and urine. 
Mm-hmm. And that fluctuates a lot depending on, like to your point, very much the way that blood work would fluctuate and being a snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you do want to ensure that things aren't your your saliva is not too acidic, your urine's not too acidic, because that does breed is a breeding ground for bacteria. That's why dentists, like holistic dentists, will test pH of your saliva. It's too acidic. It's going to be a breeding ground for bacteria. Um, and that's why with UTIs, if there is E. coli present, we will also see like a, a low pH. So honestly, other than that, I really can't speak to that too much. So how would you keep somebody, I guess, in a healthy range for like, if you were testing their saliva or whatever, and you notice that they, they are a little acidic, what would you tell a person to do just to kind of level something like that out? Um, Reduce refined sugar and Mm, like crappy uh, nutrient void carbohydrates. I mean, Mm. like vegetables more or less and fruit, to be honest, are pretty alkaline in nature. So you just stick to to those. I mean, meat has been demonized as being acidic and that's just not true. It's the form of meat um, and eggs like are super amazing. They're like perfect balance. So you want to just, I, I focus more on the removal of things than I do of the, sorry, of the introduction of things as opposed to removal. Right. So just introduce, cause if you're filling, if you're filling up on more fruit and veg, you're going to be less likely to hit a, like a blood glucose dip and then reach for something, you mm-hmm. know, for that, for that spike, like a refined sugar, but definitely sugar is, is a big one for um, impacting refined sugar like crap processed sugar and refined mm-hmm. oils like heavily processed oils will will um dip your ph as well yeah because i would notice like for, for myself um me and vegetables are just not we're not compatible i haven't yeah. eaten a single vegetable in probably years now and i don't regret it at all i stick to uh you know just raw like true raw milk like straight up from the cow um zero pasteurization at all like raw milk lots of fat layer on the top so i'll stick to just raw milk uh just clean water meat and fruit and it seems to be absolutely phenomenal like i never have issues stool is fine urine's fine i just don't have any pains no joint pain no anything i feel amazing but if i start to eat anything that irritates me such as um, I actually just went through a little spell over the last couple of days uh, where I had out of nowhere this like little bit of a lump under my arm that was super painful. I noticed walking into the hardware store, I'm like, what the fuck? And uh, but I noticed I also had like an upset stomach. And then I remembered, well, the week before I went camping with the kids and we ate ice cream every single day because I was like, fuck it, why not? But I mean, yeah. that's all pasteurized right. just garbage. Right. And yeah. my body's like, bro, like, what are we you know, you're not drinking <laughs> as much water, right? Yeah. You're not drinking yeah. as much water. You're not really eating much fruit. You're just giving me ice cream and marshmallows around the fire. And it, it body just had a little bit of a shock. And that was its way of like, you know, flushing that out yeah. because yesterday I took the day off work. Cause I was like, I just, I have no energy today, which is weird. Cause I'm usually bouncing off the walls, stable energy all day. And also for people, that's a great sign. If you notice they're getting these big dips in energy, that that's you have something wrong. There's something that is you don't have something wrong. You just need to tweak something. Something isn't working for you. And uh, just kind of passed everything. And I didn't panic. I didn't do any because everybody's like, oh, no, like I fell off of my eating schedule. And what do I do? And there's all this anxiety. You know, you do. You just get back to normal. (laughs) 
there. It's it's that simple. Like we <laughs> yeah. turn this into this thing. We're like, oh, now I got to like detox. But you can't yeah. detox if you tried. Let's stop talking about this. I can't stand this detox discussion because it, it ties into that alkalinity discussion. That drives me nuts. Yes, you can you can eat foods that are, you know, like fruit, for instance, which are already very clean. They're, they're one of the, you can call it the most high vibrational foods on the planet, right? Just to give it that goofy little yeah. name spiritual <laughs> people give it. But it's just it's just to tell you that it's a very, very clean, well-balanced food that is just designed for consumption. It's very simple. You look at what people did way back in the day. They ate meat. They ate fruit that was available in season. They had honey. They had dairy. And they lived a good life, right? <laughs> you, just, you just explained uh, what the Berenstain Bears uh, ate. Like, we were just reading one of their books. Like, literally, like, verbatim, you missed fish. But other than that, that's how the Berenstain fish, Bears... Yeah. If it's good enough for them, like... <laughs> <laughs> but but truthfully, like, it's that simple. I uh, To speak about your morning uh, or the elixir or whatever that you were talking about, the uh, to hydrate... I've, it's literally changed my life. Um, and I've only started doing this over the last six months ish where every single day I'll wake up in the morning, I'll have uh coconut water, um, with a splash of orange juice just cause fucking coconut water tastes gnarly, dude. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> know, but it's, a, it's like, it's, it's such a, like, you're like, I don't know how to place this like flavor profile. Yeah, it's like musty. Like that's the only way I can explain it. It's sweet, gross, but not sweet. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's really bizarre. So yeah. coconut water, orange juice, and I actually use just a uh, a quarter uh, teaspoon of cream of tartar. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it like a works. Variation. Yeah, dude. I mean, like heartburn never. Yeah. Energy all throughout the day, but yeah. I will tell you that you can overdo it. Um, then you will feel like almost like if you take too much. Uh, if you supplement vitamin D and then you start getting like a backlog and you start getting vitamin D toxicity where you have like these, these glucose dips throughout the day and mm -hmm. you feel like you want to fucking pass out. Like you, you'll kind of get that. So I would tell people like maybe three times a week, but it will change your life, your children's lives. And it's all yeah. natural. Uh, just something like that. But that's why I asked you about the alkalinity because it is, you know, a very, it's the way to alkalinize whatever you're drinking. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it works in the body. And I noticed that the illness that I just had, the illness, you know, body just getting rid of whatever it was getting rid of, um, that it truly made it a lot easier to deal with. Like I didn't get the energy dips. I still had appetite all day. Didn't have like super runny diarrhea, like none of that, man, like absolutely normal. And I was kind of like, Oh shit. You know, like i <laughs> like usually I'd be down and out. Right. But this yeah. is, and then I look at how long I haven't been, you know, expressing any symptoms of any sort. And I'm like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like we're doing okay. I just, <laughs> unfortunately have to lay off on the ice cream, but we're good. But that's like, it's, it's a, um, it's kind of like, I mean, I mean, I, I actually have to run cause the, I, yeah, I think gotcha. the baby is going to be, but I, um, it's like, it's, it's, there's, it's, we've demonized getting sick too. And we've demonized, and 100%. it's also like, it's really important again, I think for a juxtaposition to have that in that increased gratitude around health. Mm. You're like, okay, I see what happens when I, I see what happens when I'm not feeling well. And I haven't, you know, maybe it's been like a period of not treating my body with the, the honoring it the way it should be. And then that juxtaposition, you're like, okay, moving forward. I'm so much more grateful for my good health, right, <laughs> you know, right. quote unquote. Um, so you, you want to take care of that and, and sustain that as long as possible. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's a, it's, we, we touched on so many things, but it, they're all extremely related to one another. It's, and as you said, you know, I am you and you are me. And that's how the body works too. It's like, it talks to each other, like every cell communicates with every cell and, um, and you know, that's how humans work too. We just, we don't tap into that communication. So hopefully this conversation will inspire somebody to start listening. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope yeah. so. So I actually just have a tradition. I'm just going to ask you the last question quickly. Yeah. Um, I asked this to every guest on the, on the pod. Uh, if you had one thing that you could tell people right now that you feel would change the world, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Um, wow. Anything is possible. Mm. Expect miracles. Mm. I have that written on my bathroom mirror in lipstick. That's I don't wear lipstick. Awesome. I just use it to write on my mirror. <laughs> uh, it, I t- it took my husband and I almost two years to get pregnant with my daughter, my first daughter. And um, we, we, we did it like we didn't do any treatment or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we didn't, we didn't end up doing, doing anything. And for two years that stared back at me every morning and, um, and uh, I truly believe it in my heart. I forget it sometimes, mm-hmm. but I think if everybody believed that, um, that hope, that light, that presence of God would change us all. Wow. Well, that was amazing and uh, appreciate you coming on. And I'd love to have you on again to, uh, you know, get a little deeper into the kind of spiritual side of health. I think that's very important. So thanks again for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks.